Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We were joined in the studio by Pat Nevin, the former Chelsea, Everton, Tranmere, Motherwell, Clyde Winger, yeah. uh, Scotland Winger, of course, uh, who's done a kind of second part two of his memoirs, uh, Football Now to Survive It, which was very interesting, some uh, deeply personal stuff he's shared in the book as yeah, well, which we stories. chatted about. So uh, it was on good form as always. We had some Clips of the Week pewter. Very good, we? yes. Yeah, we, we 2005. 2005, some good ones in there. And we had a bit of a chat, of course. We did. You got involved as always. That should do you. Here it is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. I've just said our times have changed. There's mm. Steve Smith in uh, in Steve Forbes' oh, yeah. bullet in there saying, no Jack Leach. Oh, yeah, it's very disappointing. Oh, yeah, any wreck on me. <laughs> Steve Waugh would have said, how would you feel about that? He would have said, I'm delighted. Yeah, you know, he's their best spinner. Yeah, look, it's great for us. <laughs> Things have changed, haven't they, I mean, really? Honestly, I was looking forward to the Ashes, but, I mean, by the time we get there, I don't think we'll have any play. I think I'll be opening the yeah. bowling. I mean, well, really. Ben Stokes' knee the other day as well. Oh, it didn't look good, good, did it? But uh, still, it's going to be good. The batting's in good shape, but you yeah. do worry about the the bowling a little bit. Uh, yeah, so uh, the cup final. It was quite did enjoyable. you enjoy it? I did enjoy it, yeah. It was uh, quite good, actually. Did you get up for Big Daddy versus Giant Haystacks at half past eight in the morning? No, I didn't, actually. Um, I mean, it sort of, I think yeah. the coverage started about 1.30, wasn't it? Which was really when the coverage was coming to an end back mm, in the day. It's true. It? It's really very when, different now. When yeah. it was 8, 8, 8.30, 9 o'clock. It's strange being on both channels. is always a bit yeah. tricky. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, there you go. And uh, I don't know why Brooklyn Beckham was wearing a dinner suit. Was he going on somewhere? No, he probably was. <laughs> <laughs> That's that does happen now and again, doesn't it? Well, I went somewhere and someone turned up in the full Harry Gibbs yeah. and the old Dicky. We were talking about it last week, Mendieta. Oh yeah, no, no, that one. But yeah. then there was then there was a sh- there was a show years and years ago that that uh, the great mm. Jimmy Greaves did when he was a light entertainment act, not just a kind of yeah, yeah. brilliant footballing legend. Um, called Greaves' Gaff, and uh, they had various guests on it. And one week, the guests were... And it, basically, the conceit was, it was Jimmy Greaves' house. Yeah. Oh, who's that at the door? And ding then dong. And he ding-dong. He was going, on film normally. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't even there. <laughs> but he went and answered, oh, it's me old mate Linda Lusardi. And yeah. then come and have a cup me of tea. Me old Frank Frank Bruno. Me old Frank face. Frank Bruno he introduced <laughs> once, which was never quite worked out. <laughs> and so there's Linda Lusardi, like, dressed <laughs> as you would be for a sort of daytime <laughs> TV show. Yeah. Suddenly, oh, there's another knock at the door. Oh, I wonder who that could oh, be. I but that. <laughs> Opens the door and it's Fred Truman, yeah. the demon bowler Fred Truman, uh, in full Harry Gibbs, in full dicky bow dinner suit. And, I don't uh, know why. And he says, oh, really? come in, Fred. You look very smart. <laughs> and he said, yeah, I'm going on to a function after this. But you'd think you'd have a change of clothes. You know, they would have said, mm. but almost certainly someone said, um, Fred, would you mind bringing a change of clothes? Because it's a kind of daytime show and it's a bit more, I will not bring a change of clothes. <laughs> I have one. And he... I, 
he probably yeah anyway that doesn't really take us anywhere <laughs> but um, the reason what did that come well, no, they, they brought if, if you want to relive the way the FA Cup uh, final day used to be on ITV um, over on ITV 4 and I think it's available to download hmm. on Saturday they did the best of Saint and Greaves FA Cup final you know, days their fun, shows so I've not you watched it yet heavy editing required yeah, imagine, <laughs> yeah a bit of editing but um, it might, I think it's about an hour hour and ten minutes but if you want to go and relive the FA Cup final from their eyes mm. in the 80s then that is available but the game itself I enjoyed the game as Kenny Dalgleish used to say yeah um, I, the handball thing though it yeah. just, let's hope this is the one that really does lead to IFAB looking at these rules because I just often wonder I mean David Ellery is supposed to be the person that advised all this and he just I just wonder if he sits at home thinking what a great decision. That was such yeah. a clear handball. That really affected the way that, that the ball was going. You think, just brushed his fingers. It's ridiculous. It's just, the whole thing is counterintuitive. Oh, I mean, it's, it's pathetic. It, it feels like one of those rules made up by people who don't like football. It's um, and you sometimes see that with the IFAB rules. Mm. Law 21. Uh, sorry, Law 12. I've got it the wrong way around. Law 12. We've got to do, we've got to do something about law. We're going to march on David uh, Ellery's office. <laughs> we'll lit torches and sort out Law 12. But the original handball rule in football was never intended for, to give you penalties for that. No, no, absolutely you not. Know, it's got a, you know, it's, that's just not good enough, I don't think. Anyway. But the actual game itself, um, I say that, uh, 2-1, mm. you never knew. Uh, you never quite knew, did you? Because they came on strong. As soon as Garnetto came, on they, they look pretty lively Manchester United and they nearly scored they nearly yeah, brought nearly back to the end, end. Quite so excited, yeah. it, kept, it, it kept you on the edge of your seat so I've seen far worse FA Cup finals than that it and will that, be a bit tedious as City do the travel <laughs> really honestly oh, you're not getting, I'm getting behind them you're not the only, I'd only get behind it if it meant that Pep was leaving <laughs> but as, he, as it won't you just thought mm, oh you know very I mean they man. are brilliant and everything yeah. but you know it's a bit it's like any sport it's like, it's like Verstappen it's like anything when there's only one team that can win anything unless it's Chelsea you wouldn't be no, too bothered about then, that. No, really? No, I'll remind you of that great. if Todd Bowley sorts it out <laughs> next year and you're <laughs> winning everything. That's not going to happen. Be, no, Pochettino's going for the treble. He's saying, well, I find it quite a healthy situation no, that one team dominates. The chance of Pochettino going for the treble is more like a chance of me playing for England, honestly. OK, well, in the over-80s team, yeah, if we get one no, over here. No chance. I mean, the, it, I, I get frustrated with it. It'll be interesting to see Pat won't be able to say a lot I think because he works for the club but there's somebody in that club mm. who is leaking like mad to the press every time Chelsea go for a player everybody knows about it and it makes them look so stupid like this one oh. this morning Ugarte has gone to PSG you know don't say anything till you've got him just don't well you know and if you, if anybody asks just say no no we're not we're looking at lots of options you know just don't it wow. just makes you look so well, what stupid what about having your complete managerial recruitment played out in public I'm still waiting this mm. afternoon about three o'clock yeah. almost certainly we're going to get something saying for Fabrizio Romano I'm staying says Ange Postagoglu I have unfinished business at Celtic it's feeling more and more don't mention uh, Fabrizio like Romano really <laughs> honestly I can't stand any of these people really they're so irritating they spend their whole day on Twitter you know, do you know just what? regurgitating I think they all copy each other and you know it just becomes like I've been sitting with you for an hour and a half but you're in a foul mood today am I? oh you've been relentlessly miserable and negative <laughs> yeah. since half past eleven that's oh, actually my, that's since, my normal since 19 76. <laughs> yeah. uh, That's all right. But yeah, honestly, so come on, let's have you a bit more bright and breezy, for goodness up, up, sake. Up me. This is supposed to be light entertainment. <laughs> it is light entertainment. Miserable. Anyway. Um, My friend said to me, I, I'm sounding like Sean Dyche. Really? Yeah, I, I went back and listened to it. He rang me up on Thursday and he said to me, I was listening to you today, you sound like Sean Dyche. And I went back and listened to it. Well, it's your job, by the way. I did. You did? So I bought some of these throat sweets. Oh, okay. Yeah, Fair enough. That'll make me sound a bit less. All right, then. 
Get you to get you some happy pills as well. <laughs> Don't need Pop happy down the pills. chemist. <laughs> uh, okay, um, so I'm just healthily cynical. <laughs> all the time. Well, it's like this. It's like Phil Schofield has admitted he hasn't watched a single episode since he left. Why would he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's not been that many on, is there? Oh, and by the way, how are you? Oh, that just that seems to be the question of the day. Good, I hope. Yes. So, a um, couple of things to get going on very, very quickly before we uh, speak to our first guest. Both city related. One is, um, it, it would appear that Ilkay Gundogan and Kevin De Bruyne only got their FA Cup winners' medals this morning. And they all went up the stairs to get them. Mm. And there's Prince William. And he said, I've run out, lads. They get into the whole squad. <laughs> I don't know if the ball boys were picking them up or. Did they all have to go back to Wembley, including Prince William? <laughs> on a Monday morning. I well, like they that. should do, because yeah. it's not the same, is it? Not the same as turning up in a jiffy bag. It's terrible. But sometimes not getting your rewards. We're interested if you. To, have you ever read that situation where you think, well, where was mine? Why did I miss out? Mm-hmm. Well, where did you miss out? The other thing, of course, is uh, serenading Elton John with his, with his own song. Your song, a lovely mm. bit of footage, of course. Yeah. But it did strike me that now and again you see somebody. I mean, how many times it could be, I don't know, a stag do at an airport, and then boy George is flying off to do some DJing, and then they all go, come, 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 come. And he might, what do you do? Wave? Yeah. I mean, what does the bloke, what does the, the artiste do when they're having their own songs well, sung at Oh, them? no, you have to acknowledge it. Yeah. yeah. Have you have you ever done that to anybody? Well, any? I did do it, didn't I? I did it to uh, Hugh Cornwall. Oh, that's right. Yeah. In, in the cricket dressing room, you sat next to him, you started going, uh, uh, uh. Uh, he did uh, say to me, are you taking the mickey? But he yeah, didn't say mickey. He didn't say mickey. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, you became friends. It kind of worked out. So Look at me. Um, I've cheered up already. Look at you. Honestly, he's quite upbeat. He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, honestly, like Harry Enfield he's been since half 11. <laughs> <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Thanks for emails and text. Uh, speaking of Elton John, he was sat in the Royal Box when the Evertonians at the 1984 FA Cup final. Famously saying, I guess that's why they call us the Blues back then. Fantastic. Ooh, that's a bad. nice group one there yeah, yeah. from Steve in East Yorkshire. Um, what else have we got for you? My old man was out for an Indian uh, uh, Indian meal with a cricket team after a tour match and David Essex happened to be in there. They all sang Hold Me Close To Him full song. He got up and walked out. I'm quite surprised out. at that. We've met him a few times before. Yeah. I thought oh, he'd a be, long time ago. I thought he'd be joining in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I suppose every cloud's got a silver lining, <laughs> isn't it, really? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby and Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Pat Nevin uh, chatted to us about his, uh, his uh, first memoir, The Accidental Football, a couple of years back. Well, he is back with a, a new book, Football and How to Survive It. And he has joined us in the studio. Pat, good to see you. Well, first of all, thanks for having me it's back again. Great pleasure. We enjoyed the first mm. one and, and I very much enjoyed the second one as well. It's interesting because it, you, it, we kind of join you uh, post-Everton. You've gone to Tranmere and and I, I we were just talking about this. I came up, I was working on Goal Magazine with Adrian Thrills, an old mate of yours from the NME days. And we came up, myself and Thrills, to talk to you about writing some articles for us. Um, because you were kind of thinking for a life beyond football at that stage, and you wrote a really good piece with Stuart Pearce. You did a bunch of other features for us there, which were fascinating. Um, but that, you know, your kind of career went in a different direction, maybe not the direction you expected. Yeah, I did expect and kind of hope that I'd go into you know, writing and certainly sports journalism, but other journalism too. Mm. But it, you know, I was asked to do other things. I ended up doing TV, radio, that sort of thing as well. But also before that happened what happens in this book happened which mm. um, one of the great things about it is that I couldn't have seen it coming yeah. what was going to happen I don't think anyone could have seen what was going to happen in the second part of my career because 
it had never happened to anyone else before, no. ever. No, we'll come on to that. <laughs> and C- sense. CEO and player. Players you've done CEO. virtually every job in football. Yeah, with the exception of manager, uh, which I've been offered <clears> quite <throat> a few times, but I uh, didn't fancy it. So, um, and that's another one of the reasons why I, I did want to write about it. To, to, to go back to your original point, you're spot on. Writing was that first love, you mm. know. What I mean, all the way back to 1920, I used to write for the Chelsea Football Club newspaper and sometimes under an assumed name for magazines, etc. So, I always had the love of writing anyway. So, writing this myself was these two books was something yeah. I really wanted to do. But, uh, I suppose the thing I've got maybe others you say you've done every job that there is in football, just about and been on every committee, you name it, right. But I'm still not an insider inside. Mm. I'm still an outsider from football inside. Yeah. So it's like me mm. or you walking in like, and going, right, you lot are weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what you think's normal, I think's absolutely mad. Mm. Um, and it's from that position that I kind of was able to write these, these books. Yeah, I suppose when guys are in a dressing room, they look around the dressing room when you're playing, they say, well, he'll go on to be a manager, you know, he'll go on to do this, he'll go on to do this. He'll never be involved in football again. Once his playing days are over, we won't see him. He'll go and do something completely different. I would imagine a lot of your teammates would have said that about you, wouldn't they? Uh, yeah, they'd, they'd have been shocked to see me. We, we did a thing the other night down at Stamford Bridge, this, uh, the 83-84 team got back together again. And, of course, I was a wee quiet guy in the corner. And of course, by now, I'm the MC. I'm the one who's standing up there introducing yeah. everyone and trying to keep Ken Bates, etc., in order. Wow. Um, so, yeah, you do. You, you change, you adapt, you, you, you move on in your life. And, and, and that is one of the joys of it. You can be a slightly different person as you not only got older, but you can adapt and change yourself as you move. Well, thank goodness I was able to do that because all the different jobs that we're not on to do we, we, we all needed very very different things yeah before we cover that though you said you wrote under an assumed name what, what was your nom de plume oh no a different <laughs> one so you, usually bands uh, singers and bands uh, from two different bands switched around <laughs> really? yeah so yeah. that's really good so you would do that or else there was a kind of when the magazines they would sometimes have a name they use when they didn't use yeah. papers used to do that Foot, do you know football teams used to do that when they didn't want to show who they were playing so they would call them A. Newman oh right A. Newman mm. oh, and okay. everybody, nobody knew who this was yeah or, or S, A. Junior so if, yeah, that's what they used to do. I remember seeing that for the first time. I think the, the Trialist brothers are getting a lot of games. Yeah, family. Alan Trialist, Arthur Trialist. Yeah, yeah. The um, the other thing a period of adaptation you had to have going to Tranmere is playing in the second tier. You know, you'd played you played sort of top level football and stuff. Uh, you'd been at Everton. Um, so what was that like? I mean, you went into a side with John Aldridge, and uh, you were one of the supply lines team. It was a pretty good. Tranmere team, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, how good it was. <clears throat> well, apart from the fact it was to watch, it was brilliant. <clears throat> it was a brilliant team to watch. It's a great team to play in. But you know, I can hear a listener here saying, "Oh, Tranmere, yawn." Yeah. In actual <clears throat> fact, the truth of it is, we were in the playoffs to get to the Premier League every year, three years in a row, and we were some team. You know, we had all that you talk about there, but we also had six or seven other players who were then sold on to Premier League teams. It was a very good team mm. we didn't have the strength and depth because we didn't have the money um but going there you know it was difficult because you know stepping down a level and i'm i think i'm playing the best football in my career you, know, you played more for Scotland, didn't you, when you were in Tranmere than you did previously? Exactly. Good knowledge. I'm impressed with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read it as extensively, yeah. but I did have a good look. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, and, that, and that's the thing. But, you know, going back to what the first book said, mm. I absolutely held by it. I played football for the love of it. 
for mm. the absolute joy of doing it. Now, if that happened to be at Tranmere or that happened to be at Everton or that happened to be at Galatasaray or PSG, mm. all the clubs I, you know, I could have played for, it didn't matter as long as I was loving it and enjoying it. And I was there. And as I say, there was... I mean, Premier League clubs did try and buy me. And yeah. certainly Celtic came in a few times as well. Yeah, the story about that is very good in the book. We'll, <laughs> we'll keep our powder dry, but it's a beautiful story. It's uh, You think you know that the club that are going to buy you. And it's yeah. uh, and I get that completely yeah. wrong. Because that would have been a, would that have been a dream to a player Celtic? Was, yeah, Celtic was my team at the time, yeah. you know. So, you know, and it, they'd come in for me four times during my career, you know, and for a variety of reasons it didn't happen. Never me deliberately turning them... Notice the word deliberately there. Mm. Never made deliberately <laughs> turning mm. them down. Um, but, you know, if it's not for you, no goodbye, you kind of thing. And we've all got this. You should ask when players come and talk to you. Mm. We've all got this alternative career that you don't think of. Yeah. You think of all these guys, oh, yeah, you know, they played for X, Y, and Z. Oh, it must have always been like that. No. Mm. We all had this alternative mm. career we could have went on. So mine would have been, it would have been Dundee United followed by... Paris Saint-Germain wow. followed by Galatasaray you know it, it could have been so Celtic as well mm. so there are all those things but in the end if you go and start thinking about that which almost goes back to the name of the book which is Football and How to Survive It see if you th think about things like that and you begin to get better about things like that yeah. it can lead to really dark places and I've known enough players in my time where you know for good reason and understandable reason they look at the money in the game and they they are quite embittered by it. I wanted to make sure that I finished it without any bitterness. Uh, I think I managed, but it was a close shave. <laughs> <laughs> and you also you talk about being on lots of committees and stuff, and you were chairman of the PFA. and Reluctantly, you went, I think. And you went off yeah. to Sellers Park one evening to watch Paris play Manchester United, and Eric Cantona, of course, was in action. Yeah. And we all kind of guess what that evening was. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, the infamous Kung Fu kick and all that. You have to say infamous before. I think mean, it's trademarked now. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I mean, it was quite difficult. You felt quite compromised, didn't you, because... Gordon Taylor, the head of the PFA, sort of doubled down on the players' side, yeah. but you felt it was a bit more nuanced than that. Yeah, exactly. And and people aren't stupid, and journalists aren't stupid. Mm. You know, if we're saying, well, he's not really at fault, well, there's 20 cameras out there, and they can see him flying through the air with his studs going into the yeah, chest of them. You know, so you kind of, kind of hands up here, he might have made a wee bit of a mistake there. But mm. it's explaining the position you find yourself in. Now, as a player... You, everybody knows, you know, you've have, you have nuanced things, what are right and what are wrong, mm. should you dive and all that. I've been through that. But, there's, you know, you're a chief executive of, or a chairman of a union. You're supposed to back your members. Mm. But when does it start getting a bit stupid? You yeah. know, so you, so I was trying to explain all this thing within the book of what it's like. And I kind of liked you know, writing about this stuff that when I looked back and thinking, well, wait a minute, that's not really me, but you kind of have to do it but I don't want to compromise myself and I'm going to be honest. Um, and of course that happens much, much more than the next job I have, the major, major job I have outside football. But I, I think it was good to kind of get these things across to people that might be vaguely interested what it was like, you know, in the union at a time or in a club or at the upper echelons of a club or in these committee meetings sometimes of how they actually sometimes work. And that's... Again, it's a kind of pretty wide-ranging book. I mean, mm. somebody said to me, it's, you know, it's, it's not Chelsea and Everton anymore, you know, and, you know, I don't know what happened to you after that. Well, <laughs> I can promise you quite a lot of weird things yeah. happened after that. Yeah, has we'll come, come up on to some of those. The, you, you talk about the, I mean, as a winger, obviously, you took a bit of stick and at that period, you know, wingers <laughs> were fair game for tackles. Oh, yes. And I remember when you interviewed Stuart Pearce, you, you said, 
he was always very fair, Stuart. He would he'd give you a reducer, as Martin Keown would say, mm-hmm. who, who was in earlier and sends his regards, by the way. But mm-hmm. Stuart, yeah, you said, like, he'd take you out, but it was a clean tackle, it was a hard tackle, and he'd never talk to you. There was no verbals. But mm-hmm. you also talk in the book about the worst tackle you ever encountered, which was Kevin Ball. Yeah. yeah you were lucky you weren't injured, <laughs> Yeah, and it's a weird thing, because, I mean, it was a bit more openly violent than yeah. back then. I think mm-hmm. we kind of... People often say, was it better? Was it worse? Was it, you know, faster? Was it slower? Was it this? Was it that? And of course, it's it's all variances of it. You know, mm. certain things mm. that people think are brand new have been around forever. You know, yeah. false nines. Yeah, I played as a false nine. Mm. <laughs> and also, I played in a team where we had false nines. We won the Euro Youth Championships. That's not yesterday. Mm. So these things have always happened. But there's certainly the time you were there is that the, the ball tackle was hilarious because uh, I'd had a lot of bad ones, a couple of really bad ones. Drop down division, referee in a wee bit looser, and uh, Kevin Ball came in and he tackled me roughly about the sternum, right. <laughs> chest ish. Wow. And he, but he's, he's running towards me and I'm running towards him and I flicked the ball by him. And I've, I've seen it coming at last second, I've dived upwards. He's caught me and he's flipped me and I've somersaulted over him. And I've down and I turned around to shout at him. And as I turned around to shout at him, he just kept on running. All the way up the tunnel. Didn't exactly. he wait for the didn't he wait for the red car? <laughs> <He knew. laughs> Do you know the weird thing is I did a radio show with him years later. And he was in a studio in Newcastle and I was down in Salford or something. And uh we chatted and we talked about the games we were talking about and then we went to a break, the news or something. And I said, Kevin do you remember that tackle? And he went, oh, no, no, don't mention it, don't mention it. He, he did. He was wow. really, really embarrassed by it. But you cannot hold, again, you cannot hold, mm. you're being embittered by this. It was just a game. But Piercy was a brilliant, I'm really happy you mentioned Stuart because yeah. uh, <clears> him <throat> and I had a, a fantastic set of battles over a 15, 16 year period. Yeah. And again, there is a lovely moment in the book where it was around the time of those gold magazines, maybe just yeah, yeah, after yeah. it. And he came up to me in a youth, an under-21s game. And we both of us were well into our 30s, late, mid to late 30s by that point in time. And we finally had you can, the chat. Yeah. <clears throat> and we'd never really chatted that much before it because you're just psyching each other out. Mm. So even though I knew with his punk music and my st- interest in the music scene as well, we probably got on great. Mm. We'd never spoken a word. Mm. But wow. we got on great now. Yeah, he's a good it's man. strange, isn't it? Talking music, I mean, every chapter has a musical yeah. title. Have you done a, p- a playlist, Pat? It's yeah, a pretty, it would make a pretty back, decent Spotify yeah. playlist. Every chapter title has, is a song. As, it? as it was in the last book. Yeah. Um, I couldn't mm. not do that because, I mean, I was de- I mean, I DJ'd, I've always DJ'd, so, <coughs> excuse me. And I was, uh, I was, I was actually DJing in Dalston two weeks ago. Uh, so I still always, I still wow. do it, still have the love of the music and the passion for it as well. And it's, for a number of reasons, they, all the, the names fit really well mm. um, for the chapters if you look at them. But also, most of them are, are some of my favourite tracks and some of my favourite bands. So I, I met somebody just a couple of days ago who said, I'm definitely reading your, your next book, this one that's coming out now. And I said, well, did you like the last one? He goes, yeah, yeah, I liked it. But more so, I found more bands that I hadn't heard of before. <laughs> right. So he's a big fan of a band called Juruti Column now because oh, right. that was yeah. one of the kind of band names. But there's a lot of newer band names in yeah. there as well. Uh, Pat Nevin is with us, we're going to keep chatting We're going to talk about his time up to Scotland Where life got a whole lot more complicated And it wasn't just uh, he wasn't just a player anymore But a player-CEO That kind of classic combo you have with quite a lot of players um, And yes, uh, the book is called Football and How to Survive It And so we'll keep chatting in a moment The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware, weather ready teak, and quick dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com/acast. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Pat Nevins with us. We're chatting about his book, Football and How to Survive It. Um, post Tramir, Pat went up to Scotland, um, spent uh, some time at Kilmarnock, mm-hmm. and then went via a, a friend and a contact, asked him to go to Motherwell and not just be a player. I wanted to be <clears> a player. And we effectively wanted you to be on the board, but you weren't allowed to be, were you, as a player? Some sort of strange espionage edict. Yeah, arcane rule. Yeah. Yeah, he'd actually tried to buy a club before, um, a long time before. He tried to buy Celtic, Mm. the aforementioned Celtic. And he'd said to me that I fancy running that with him. Wow. And I was like, "Uh, I'm 25, mate. (laughs) 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 Give it a break. Don't be mad. He never got to buy Celtic, um, but he did then buy Motherwell many years later. And Mm. then, but that. Point <clears throat> after a long involved story, I, I I agreed to go and run, help him run the club, oversee the club, and it was an extraordinary time. And I don't know if I was going to say I don't know if it's any more extraordinary than any club, mm-hmm. but I think it probably was yeah. the things that we went through in that four year period. I mean, uh, I was chatting to um, a good friend of mine actually just before the show today, and he goes, "What what are the more extreme things that happen?" I said, "Well." The goalkeeper being told he was going to be shot by the UDA and the IRA during yeah. one of the games was quite a hard thing to handle for me as chief exec. <laughs> this was Andy Gorham, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, the goalie. Yeah. Um, so that, that was kind of hard with all sorts of weird traumas. And of course it was a guy who'd come and he didn't know anything really about football, but he bought mm. a football club, so he owns a football club. And he's now wanting this football club to be run. And he asked me to help him, just advice, you know, first of all, but really is in the end run the entire thing. And, uh, you know, that couldn't happen these days. (laughs) (laughs) Some people, but the thing is, it does happen a lot these days Mm. when people who don't know football end up owning clubs. Now that's happened all the way through the Premier League when you think about it. So even though it's at a smaller level, Mm. it's at the, the top level of Scottish football, some of the same things will happen, you know, where... There's not a knowledge of what their culture is. So there's there's kind of things in it where I wrote this book, you know, a while ago. I've been editing it for a wee while, long before some of the, these ownerships have take have changed. Mm. So that and this isn't an analogy that I've written just for yeah. the the current moment. But it is extraordinary some of the things that uh, people from the outside. But I suppose I sat back and thought about it and realized that it is the one industry. 
mm. where people come along and everybody thinks they know better than the manager. Mm. I mean, every single person <clears throat> in there, be they the owner, mm. be they... It can be quite costly, I've found. <laughs> well, I say, yes, as a Chelsea fan, yeah, that's it's true. But, but, it's true. but it's true, isn't it true? Mm. Every fan thinks they know the better yeah. than, than the professionals that are doing it. And it is the, just about the only major industry at the moment that everybody really strongly believes that. When in actual fact, yes, have an opinion. Yes, you will know th- a lot of things because we're very invested in it. Mm. But the other side is, it's now and again worth asking the people that have been in it for a wee <laughs> while just to help you along and give you some warning points of the most obvious things that can go wrong. You did have a Todd mm. Bowley moment, didn't you? I mean, the, the, owner, many. the owner went mm. down and, mm. and had, had a word with the players. You don't actually think that ever... Is it, it's a particularly I, good look. I mean, well spotted, because I, I wrote this two years ago, and this is long before the thing we, we told, mm. or yeah. any other owners, because yeah, sure. others do it as well. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and the difficulty is, because in actual fact, Roman used to go in, Roman Abramovich used to go in now and again as well. But in general terms, I mean, Ken Bates, back in the old days oh, when yeah, I was there, he'd come in now and again. <laughs> and, I can, and I can just tell you, it's just the way it is. It's never taken well. Mm, Whatever anyone yeah. says, you're in our business, you're in our space. You yeah. might own the club, but you're in our space. And that's something that if you're out with, you know, the, the actual culture of the sport, you don't really know it. And I always used to say to the owner back in those days, look, unless you're giving them money or a holiday, stay away. You know, just yeah. stay away. That, it's good that, advice. Other, other than that, and, yeah. uh, but you know, sometimes it's their club; they own it. They can do what they like. And it, it, but the amount of trouble that ninety nine point nine percent of the time it causes more problems yeah. than it fixes. And that's the and, when, and by the way, can I underline something? Whether it's right or wrong, mm. sometimes you've got the right thing to say if you're an owner, and you should be able to say it to them. But it's never taken well, no. and that's the difficulty. The uh, there's a there's a great little line in the book where you talk about Billy Davis, who was the manager at Motherwell, and you were the you were the, the CEO, mm. and so effectively um, he could drop you yeah. as a player, but you could sack him as the manager. <laughs> <It's brilliant>. Right. <laughs> so everyone's out there thinking, great, go through that one again. Yeah. <laughs> Talk me through that one. <laughs> so yeah, I'm his boss and he's my boss. Right. Yeah. So it's a kind of weird one. Like, I was comfortable with it, and because of my type of personality, I'm I'm not big on power, mm. so I don't care. I'm just there to help the thing run along. Now, when I go there, I don't want to be manager. I can mm. be manager if I want. I can, the, man, the, the owner said to me, be manager if you mm. want. And I said, actually, I wouldn't be great at that. But we got, we eventually get Billy in and followed by Eric Black sometimes later, sometime later. But, you know, I'm still playing. I'm still 34-ish, yeah. you know. And so I'm saying, well, if you want me to still play, I'll play. You know, it's up to you. But I am the only person that can't batter your door and say, I should be playing. Because I've chosen you and I've trusted your judgment, so I need to shut up. So, mm. in actual fact, it looks like, and all the Scottish, you know, all the media were saying, you know, I'm pulling the strings and I'm the puppeteer. Mm. I'm the only guy that can't actually say a word to him. I'm the only guy that has to stand and basically get dropped. And I can sack him if I want, if I want a game like. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's not the point. The point sure. being is you must give. Why. Why, why buy a piano, you know, and mm. you can't play piano, we've got a great piano player sitting there beside you. Don't try and play it yourself, get the good piano player. Yeah. Right? And it's ex- that delegation, 
knowing when you should delegate, and that's what I was very yeah. comfortable doing. The book, the book then, ter- I mean, I looked at um, a page in the book where you do, you do your attorney, your rotor for the day. It's just ludicrous. No yeah. one person could do what you were doing. It was affecting your family, and we'll come on to that in a minute. <clears throat> the book tells a story of how, unfortunately, the club ended up in administration, which is a, mm-hmm. a fascinating story in itself about about football and the way it runs. Mm-hmm. But we touched on your family there, and in the book, for the first time, you, you've talked about your, your son... Simon and his autism mm-hmm. and it, it, it's something you've not talked about in all this time what, why now Pat why did you want to talk yeah, about well, it yeah well I mean we found out when Simon was two and a half really that mm-hmm. uh, he was autistic um, at the time the people were ignorant and that's not a pejorative word they were, people just didn't know about it the word was not very well known in, in the lexicon so I need to stop using words like lexicon in the language <laughs> right in the language it wasn't really well known and, mm. uh, and, and, and we were really struggling but we made the decision then that it's not our, it's not our dilemma it's Simon's dilemma mm. he'll decide if he wants to be thrown into that maelstrom of being talked about and being out in the world and knowing about what your life is like so we decided together now we didn't hide it very, very specifically we didn't hide it it was just a private matter mm. and uh, when Simon was ready if he ever was going to be ready because you can never know with the development of people who have got autism so it's just really been the last couple of years that Simon's, you know, been able to talk, understand and relate to n- not being neurodiverse, you know. Mm. So when I talked to him about it, he said, yeah, that's fine. It's okay. I'm, I'm happy about it. It's, um, you know, and it's, that's all very well, but how much does he understand of, yeah. you know, what the, what would happen if, mm. you know, I talking to yourselves about it and someone posts something online towards him and, some people can be nasty sometimes. So we mm. need to be aware of that. Sure. But to be honest, I've got such belief in humanity. Mm-hmm. I've got, I mean, most people are really lovely and I could tell you a fabulous story about that. There was, you know, Simon had done something slightly wrong at a Hibs game because eventually, you know, he, he has progressed so much. Um, I, I'll, I'll tell you very quickly, it's a cracker. <clears throat> so he's... Uh, it was that Hibs game? A big Hibs fan. They're both big Hibbies now. I changed my team. I was Celtic. I'm now Hibs. Wow. Mm. And... Uh, and he's ran on the pitch. I wasn't there. I was down doing a game in Liverpool. And he's got excited and with his autism, you know, he's just a bunch of kids ran on, but they all ran off again. He's standing there. <laughs> and it was the semi final of cup, the police have got a hold of him. And uh, I'll get a call on, on the way back up, which mm. is, you know, Simon's been arrested. And it was really upsetting. Fortunately, my wee cousin happened to be at the game. Everybody knows everyone in Scotland, right? Mm. <laughs> and he's told the policeman, the policeman's been good about it, just kicked him out. But I was doing the other semi-final for BBC Scotland TV the next day. <laughs> and now think about that for a wee minute. Yeah. They're going to show the highlights of the game the oh, last day before. Course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about that young lad running on there? Yeah. Oh, terrible that. Like, <laughs> oh, I can't believe these kids of today. You know, it's my son. Oh. But he didn't understand it. But what, the whole reason for doing it now, it's, it's not get the violins. It's not yeah. we are victims. I'm a bit, it's nothing got to do with that. And it's much more to do with, look, People progress, you know, people in all sorts of situations, uh, you know, autism or other areas, and I won't say problems, who mm. I've got are neurodiverse are different from us. And it's to say, look, we thought this, I thought this, this is the pain that we were feeling at the time. This is the things that happened and all the positives and all the beauty. Some of the most perfect things, most beautiful things and the best things that have happened in my life happened because of Simon and his autism, mm. you know, and because of how he's developed through it and how he's different because of it. And, and I, th- I think some of that stuff that I'm writing about is 
it's, it's quite quite joyous in a yeah. way. Now it doesn't happen with everyone that way, and I know there are difficulties. And you know, Simon has progressed really quite well. As I say, he'll always be with us. It's hard to be independent with his with the abilities that he's got. Mm. But anyone who's touched by autism and you know and similar prob- problems at areas, they know, they understand this. Mm. So there's no hiding of it. It's nice to be able to talk about it. Um, and if it's at all in any way helpful for anyone to say to see where I started and where we started, Annabelle and I, into where we are just now and what we've gone th- gone through, if that helps anyone at all, you know, hopefully this book's been worth it. Excellent. Just want to ask you one more mm. question before you go. It has to be quite quick because I'm going to talk to a Celtic fan, comedian Susie McCabe, in a minute. But uh, you, you kind of drop your head on the. Uh, Desk when Benty said uh, Ange Postecoglou likely to go to Spurs. <laughs> I mean, it, it, briefly, how do you think he will fare in the Premier League? Do you think it is a, it, it is transferable? Do you have doubts or well, not? Well, a you are very annoying because you nailed it with your answer. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You, yeah. you nailed it. Yeah, he's exceptional. See, see mm. for Premier League football and styles, you look at Brighton. What mm. Brighton do? You look at what City do. You know, Ange is perfect. Mm. Ange is great. Ange will get these people playing at that high tempo. That fantastic positive you will love his football but it's Spurs yeah. and you need to be allowed to do it mm. I mean Antonio Conte is a great manager and look what happened you know Mourinho for all his faults and he's got a few is a very very good manager and it, and whether you got him at the right time at Spurs or not I don't know um, but you need to be able to let Ange do his thing yeah. and if you let Ange do his thing and give him the time to do his thing I think he's I, I, I explain to people that Ange Postecoglou is a, is a Celtic way. Like it's the old phrase was at Celtic when I was there as a kid was score an early goal and press on regardless. I.e. <laughs> we go for it. Now you know the Spurs way. It's mm. a stylish way. It's a good football way. I go back to watching Glenn and yeah. you know Aussie and all that sort of stuff. You probably know this story. I was standing on the shelf when I was Chelsea Player of the Year. Yes. <laughs> weird, another weird story. But yeah. um, if you give Ange you know, the, the space and the time. And you'll be a joy, honestly. I, I don't know if he'll be massively successful and get you top four, but you'll like it again if you let yeah, him do It's the opposite to Conte and Mourinho. Yeah, oh, absolutely, 100%, yeah. 100%. Pat, lovely to see you. We wish you well with the book. Continue success. Uh, Pat Nevin, Football mm. and How to Survive It is available now and it's out in hardback. And Pat, remind me of the publisher. It's also um, an audible as oh. well. So um, actually, I read it. Oh. And for anybody, particularly yeah. down south, I do read it with my sensible voice on. So don't worry. <laughs> you can understand it. All right. Before I get this stick online, yeah. you can understand it. But uh, it's, it's Monterey. Monterey, octopusbooks.co.uk. But you'll find it in all good bookshops, Amazon, etc., and the Audible book as well. Thank you, Pat. Cheers. Pleasure. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We've been asking you today about singing uh, the songs back to the stars that originally sang them. We saw the uh, City players had a chance meeting with Elton John and gave him a bit of uh, your song at the airport, which he seemed yeah. to quite like. That's good. Uh, David Essex, it seems, in a restaurant wasn't quite as keen when one of the listeners gave him the full hold me close. Um, at one point in my chauffeur job, I drove the Pet Shop Boys. I wanted them to break into song in the back mm. of the car. Why would belt they do out, that? Go west, <laughs> as that was the direction we were travelling in. Uh, That's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know if they did, Ray, but uh, he said he definitely would have joined in. Um, Talksport.com, text 1889, tweet TSH&J. And not getting your just rewards. Uh, some of the City players, including De Bruyne and Gundogan, didn't get their Cup winners medals till today because they ran out of them. Uh, mm. in the royal box when they were being handed out. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
the Talk Sport Clips of the Week. Well, not really. They'll be back on Friday, a fresh batch, but these are these were Clips of the Week in August 2005. They are Clips Pewter, so mm. we can't promise you gold, but there might be something quite decent in there. Our producer uh, collates them. He's these old box of mini discs he mm. found, some old clips, and he... He uh, digitising them, and here they are. We've not heard them since 2004. I remember the first. This is definitely one of mine, so the first one. Don't blame <laughs> us. So what are we going to kick off with? It's uh, Alan Andy? Brazil, unsurprisingly. Yeah. Good morning. Coming up to 7 o'clock in the next hour, Mike Bobo live from the Ovo. <laughs> Mike Bobo from Yovo. <laughs> yeah. Is he at, yeah, yeah, Yorville. Yeah, you figure at Mike Bobo at Yorville uh, at the Oval. Uh, and sticking with Alan, here he is with his plan for the day. My itinerary this morning, I itinerary. looked before I went to bed last night, was yes. up at 4.30, Yes. shower, yes. radio, yes. back for a quick nap, party train, Lingfield, yes. enjoy the afternoon's racing, home, Ruby Murray, bed by 10, <laughs> bingo. Ruby. What a great Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or great every day, yeah. basically. Yeah, like the great Tuesday and Thursday, no doubt, but bed by 10, Chinny Record yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. It was probably one of those the following day, my, my throat, Mark. <laughs> yeah, anyway. What's next? Let's get the sports news now. Newcastle are talking with the Spanish club Deportivo La Coruña about striker Albert Lecu. Albert Lecu, yeah. <laughs> this always makes you feel, always makes you feel uh, special. Our Spanish football correspondent yeah. there. Over to the callers now. Go to the phone lines. Let's speak to Harry in Hampshire. Harry, good evening. Welcome to Talk Sports. Gentlemen, good evening. Very good evening to you. So, I'm uh, very perplexed. Okay. Let me elucidate. <laughs> what are you taking, Harry? <laughs> Let me hallucinate. And beautiful. Now, these clips uh, came during the 2005 Ashes, mm. uh, and here was one very happy England fan calling drive with Paul Bring Turner and Rodney Marsh. Gordon's in uh, Derbyshire, and um, ecstatic with a cricket, Gordon. Oh, fantastic day on Saturday. I went on Saturday. Um, once he went out, he spat his mouth off, he got fined. Catch his spat his mouth off, he got fine. Now, it doesn't happen in football like that, does it? That's my argument. Yes, it but does. Happen. It, do, it does happen in football. Sorry, it does. It does a bit, yeah. <laughs> it does a bit, yeah. It never happens in football, but it does it a bit, sounds yeah. familiar, that bloke. People, get, people mm. get fined. Uh, what's next? It's Graham Beecroft now, and we're calling this one Stop Saying Football Club. <laughs> I'm not convinced that you can make Liverpool successful. And that's why he left the football club and wanted to go to somewhere where he thought he was going to get success. Stephen Gerrard, by the way, who is still at Liverpool Football Club, things turned around uh, and he stayed at the football club. Michael Owen, although he didn't say I've made a mistake, wanted to come back to the football club. And somebody who wants to pay for your football club but should be signed by that football club. If I'm going to play for a football club and Michael Owen's in the front line, do I go and play for the football club? Stop saying football club, <laughs> Beaky. true, really. For goodness sake. <laughs> and the bad news was, it was spreading to the callers. Cissé, <laughs> I believe, has got, the, has, has got it in his locker to do something for Liverpool Football Club. Mm. Don't you start, mate. <laughs> no, it's Don't great, you start. Uh, but it's OK. I'm sure it's just Liverpool where Beaky, for some reason, has to say football club. I've got it right, very, very close to being right on two occasions, and only the last-minute intervention on each occasion. Well, first of all, by Liverpool Football Club, and secondly, by uh, Newcastle United Football Club. Oh, don't start on Newcastle <laughs> as well. Uh, this is the caller to Adrian yeah. Durham, and who could forget Alvin Martin now? 08704-2020-20. Chris in the New Forest. Chris, good evening. You're on TalkSport. Good evening, Adrian. Good evening, uh... <coughs> Adrian. Hello. <laughs> good, good bit of bluffing just there. Forty odd caps for England, West Ham legend, mate. Yes, great. Just go. Uh. 
Maybe he was having a medical <laughs> while he was making the call. <laughs> he probably. Yeah. It was, of course, the unforgettable Alvin Martin with Adrian, and the two of them got into a bit of a ding-dong. The Crouch. European champions, you've said it, that's what they are. Now, are you putting that down to just Steven Gerrard on his own, or are you putting it down to something? Steven Gerrard... Wouldn't have won it without him. Right. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Steven Gerrard was quoted as saying... <laughs> did I just call you? Did I just call you my wife's name there? Because you know what it is. When I'm in an argument, that's what I do. <laughs> Adrian <laughs> gets under your skin like that, doesn't, doesn't he? Really? Yeah. Call him by his wife's name. Yeah. Uh, what's next, Andy? <laughs> Here's the ultimate company man, Alan Brazil. I do like Ken Bruce. I have to say, I'm a big Ken Bruce fan. Yeah, cheers, Al. Was he on during our slot at that yeah, time? No, probably. No, no, he did another one once. He says, in the afternoon when I'm driving home, about one o'clock, I do like a bit of classic FM. <laughs> yeah, cheers, Al. Yeah, so he, he goes from Ken Bruce on the classic FM. Yeah, well, fair Mr. enough. Mr. Talksport there. <laughs> and finally, sticking with breakfast, it's Alan and Beaky taking a call. Right, let's go to Weymouth and Paul. Hiya, Paul. Morning. Good morning, lads. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Good, thank you. Uh, basically, yeah. uh, Abby So, Arsenal carry on, fan. Paul. Are you still there? Still there? Hello? Hello? Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mumbo 1089 and 1053. <laughs> Things have improved a bit since then. <laughs> because he was talking. Yeah. He only stopped because you said to him, carry on. No, I just think they obviously couldn't hear him in the studio, could they? Yeah, a little rude. technical hitch. So there we are. They weren't bad, were they? they bit were of, fun. Bit of pewter. A few uh, nice ones in there. We'll dust off a few more all being well for you uh, next Monday. And uh, the clips of the week... Uh, as usual, we'll be back on Friday. If, as always, we should let you know, if you do hear a clip on TalkSport over the next seven days, please do send it, or the next five days, please do send it into us. Uh, add them into the mix. Anything that makes you laugh, you think uh, could make the cut, then talksport.com forward slash HNJ. Text to 81089. Tweet to J. As always, always all we need is a day and a time when you heard the clip go out, and we'll listen back, and if it's played, you will get the credit, as we said, Friday afternoon at 330 as always. Now, talking of that clip of uh, Beaky there mm. about football club, uh, this morning's court circular did something pretty similar, really. It said, uh, the Prince of Wales, president of the Football Association, this afternoon attended the cup final between Manchester City Football Club and Manchester United Football Club. <laughs> went, yes, we get the idea, they're not plumbers. Yeah. That's a real Clive Murray, that one. Well, it be the Beaky right here. I think you hey, may he have, have done. done yeah, that's his job now. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Thanks for all your emails, texts, and tweets. Uh, with some of the City players having to wait to get their medals, including uh, two goal hero Ilkay Gundogan, didn't get his um, until today apparently because they ran out of them. How did that happen? I don't know. Have a few spares. Ridiculous. You would think that yeah, would yeah. make more sense. Mm. Not getting your rewards. Uh, Danny says, when I was in the army, after a four-month tour of Iraq, we came home to complete decompression and our medal parades. There was a mess up and some didn't arrive. We had to do the parade anyway and got our medals through the internal mail three months later. Oh, yeah, Just plonked on the side of an envelope. <laughs> Brilliant. It's terrible, isn't it? It's, it's not quite the same, Danny. It's a bit like being given your medal after someone else had been a drugs cheat. Yeah, yeah. It must be terrible, true. mustn't it? I mean, mm. I know these days they do actually put on... Um, they proper... try and invite you to the proper Yeah, zone, that's right. Yeah. They, at least it's in front of a crowd. But that was, wasn't it Kelly Southerton who said it has kind of turned up in an envelope? That's terrible. It's not, <laughs> the, way, is it? it's not <laughs> the way it should happen. Anyway, um, yes, not getting your just rewards and why off the back of the city players waiting and um, singing a, a song back to uh, the, the original uh, vocalist. We'd love to know if you've spotted a music star and thought, what they really want me to do at the moment is go up and sing one of their songs to them in their face. <laughs> they don't. Um, <laughs> they'll really enjoy that. 
And uh, the papers, once again this morning, with the Daily Star, I love a bit of weather. And uh, it's like it's a competition. So uh, last week it was hotter than Benidorm. Yeah. So fine, fair enough, it wasn't. And uh, this week it's hotter than Ibiza. I thought, yeah, that's why I'm wearing three layers, including a sweater. Because <laughs> it's hotter than Ibiza. <laughs> Thanks. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, there we are. That's how it unfolded today. Uh, I'm here with Charlie tomorrow. Tony mm. Woodcock's going to be with us. Um, John Lloyd from the World of Tennis is popping in. Uh, amongst other things, we'll have a celebrity combination lock. So do hope you can join us on one. If not, the podcast will be available around four. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.